It is Wednesday night, and you know what that means, Survivor fans. Survivor Wednesday. We've got a lot to talk about. Vokai is recovering from the last Tribal Council. Janet heads to Island of the Idols. It's a very, very close immunity challenge on a fiery feminist Tribal Council. We've got our own Tribal Council in our MVP segment. We've got news and gossip. We've got predictions. We're here talking about Season 39, Episode 6. Don't click away. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, did she like that? <laughs> Don't click away. What's going on, Don't everybody? Click away. Do not click. You guys, what is it? Survivor Wednesdays. Finally, Tim is back. Finally, I am back. I'm back. I'm sorry, I missed you all. I hope you guys missed <laughs> me. I missed you the most. I missed you the most. Aww. Oh, thank you, Josh, our wonderful engineer of the week, for giving me a round of applause. Uh, we are very excited to talk about this episode. Which, in my opinion, was one of the best in a very long time. Oh my gosh, yeah. um, And Easy. we are very, very excited to talk about Season 39, Episode 6, you guys. I was born at night, but not last night. Famous words from Rob tonight. Uh, we've, we are talking about Vokai recovering from Tribal Council. Like I said, Janet heads to Island of the Idols. A very close immunity challenge and a fiery feminist Tribal Council, which I'm very excited to talk about. I'm very excited to have you here, Veronica, to talk about that as well, because <laughs> I need a female's perspective on that. Everybody in the chat, Mike is on the chat. Yep. Uh, so I'm excited to hear everybody. Welcome back, about. Tim. Hi, Tim. Tim's oh. back. Tim, Tim, Tim. Oh, you guys are so sweet. We love you guys. Um, we're very excited <laughs> to talk about this episode. Plus, you guys, fun fact, we are doing call-ins tonight as well. So look forward to that. I can't wait to hear your voices uh, and talking about this episode. You guys, I am joined by a beautiful panel. Veronica Valencia. Hi, that's me. That's you. <laughs> Hi, my girl. And I've got that handsome gentleman in the end, Mike Feeling. Hey, Tim. I went to the dentist today. <laughs> did you? I did. I can see your teeth are sparkly white. That's not true but they are clean. <laughs> uh, well, that's good to know. Yes, sir. Uh, it's good to get, uh, you know, a little cleaning every now and then from the dentist, you guys. Uh, or you could use sand, like on Survivor. Do you guys know that that's what they use in Survivor? And, and sticks, surprised. right? And sticks. sticks. Yeah. yeah, sticks and sand. Sounds like fun, right? Uh, so let's get into the episode, you guys. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about it. Very excited to be back. What were your overall thoughts on the episode? This episode was Awesome. I do believe that this is the best episode we've had all season, and it made me super excited because my girl, my girl is wow. showing how strong and how good she is at playing this game. In case y'all didn't know, I adore Kelly, <laughs> and she like showed them. I'm so proud. I'm so happy that her plan worked out. Thomas in the chat is right. We can have some Mike Survivor tips tonight. There's definitely going to be some stuff, but I, I don't know if there's going to be a lot that we as a panel disagree on tonight. This, I think, 100%. Easily one of the best episodes. It, easily the best episode so far this season. A classic, I think, general in all time. Mm -hmm. Awesome tribal. And uh, except for the lack of reward challenge, really fulfilling. Yeah, and we will talk about that, definitely. But I, I do agree with you both. This is one of the best episodes of the season. The best episode of the season, by far. I think everybody can agree with yeah. that. But this is one of those episodes that definitely goes down in Survivor history. They will be flashing back, just like they've been doing flashbacks of previous episodes, previous seasons. This will be one of those episodes, because not only was this a great message episode, but this was also one of those episodes where you go, I can't believe this is happening. Like, you say hashtag blindside, but this tonight was one of the best ways to do it. Let's get more into detail. So Vokai from Last Tribal, um, by the way, speaking of which, Jason, who was part of Mike's team, I don't know if you guys addressed that last episode, uh, Mike lost somebody last episode, I lost Jack tonight from our fantasy draft, in case anybody's keeping track, we are. Um, but yeah, so they're still recovering from the, the Jason vote, I mean, yes, the Jason vote from Last Tribal. Um, and Lauren 
is pretty butthurt. We tend to use that word a lot when people are coming around from travel. <laughs> yep. uh, Tommy was very, very angry. Um, so I was surprised that we didn't get a lot of backlash from him back at camp. But what were your guys' thoughts on Lauren and how she showed her emotion on what happened with the Jason vote? It's tough because I completely understand that these people are putting so much trust into other people that when they are blindsided like that, I'm sure it does hurt on a personal level, level on a human level. I'm sure it does. But on a gameplay level... You kind of need to expect that this is the stuff that's going to happen. You're not always going to be on top. And I think that's what hurt Lauren and Tommy more was that those two specifically, along with, I think, Dan, mm-hmm. those three have been on the top for such a long time now. They're probably the three that have been to tribal the least. Yeah. So the fact that this was probably one that maybe their second time that they found themselves at Tribal and then the first time at the bottom, they got really upset about it. But it's like, you need to understand you'll find yourself at the bottom. And honestly, as a viewer, you being on the bottom is a good thing because then we get to see your gameplay. We get to see you as how you play the game. We get to see you as a person because when you're winning all the time, we don't know who you are and we forget about you. It's a good point. Yeah, I think a lot of times tribes or specific alliances get to walking around camp chest puffed out up on the high horse like they think everything is great. They got it exactly. (laughs) And then all of a sudden when they get slammed and blindsided, you would think the world just ended. And it's like, guys, you were just about to do this to the other side. This is fair game. And... That's why it's always so surprising to me as a super longtime fan of the show. I know the people who go on the show are longtime fans of the show. You know this kind of stuff happens. And to take it so personal, you got to just, here's the first tip. You just got to be like, bravo. Yeah. Great move. Respect. But we got to pull ourselves up now. Or even more so, that's in your head or in your ITM. Respect. They really got us. Now, get to working on how to get in with the other side. Yeah, I agree with you both. And I I think one thing that we all love about Survivor is that it's so unpredictable. Just because you're on the top one episode doesn't mean that you won't be on the bottom in the next episode. And that's just why one of the reasons why this makes such a great show is because it's one of those shows that just keeps you on your toes. Like, we've seen it time and time again where they're, for example, Nora, Karishma, this season, it's like, oh, she's crazy. We need to vote her out. Oh, she doesn't do anything. She's lazy. We need to vote her out. But yet they're still here and they're targeting other players. I just think that it's it's, it's brilliant. And I love the moment between Lauren and Missy when Missy said, you know, not one girl has gone home since the, the, the swap. And I thought that was a really good point. And now we know foreshadowing. Yes, I was going to say just <laughs> foreshadowing That's for what, right. for what yeah. happens in the in the tribal. But I just thought that was a really good point for Missy. Missy's definitely paying attention. She's definitely one She's to watch great. out for. Her. Yeah, all the women very athletic too. That's true. They really yeah. are. They really. I mean, except for Karishma. Yes. So let's start with Lyra. Uh, Ooh, I still like her. Okay, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about her. I do have so, I, I do have something to say about her during the, the challenge, but we'll get to it. Uh, so Lyra, there's a heavy rain going on um, at. Fiji, that's where they are. <laughs> um, I'm like, where are they, Fiji? Um, and Kelly and Jamal are trying to start the fire the next morning, and there's this tense moment, once again, just foreshadowing for what happens at Tribal. Um, Kelly's trying Damn. to start the fire. This episode went, was real. I bagged on the editors this whole season. It, this yeah. is a really well-edited episode. <laughs> I didn't even think of that, really? too. Yeah, wow. Yeah, they edited it really well. Really so Kelly good. and Jamal have this like fire tit-for-tat thing where Kelly's trying to start it, and Jamal kind of takes it from her, and then Jack comes back and says, you know, I think we should let Kelly do it, and then Kelly comes back and actually starts the fire. My girl! Right. Um, so not only is she smart, but she can also start fires, so good for her. Um, what did you guys think of that entire situation where... Did you think that it was like 
a sexist thing or did you think that you know Jamal was just frustrated I felt like after the next morning it's been raining it's day 16 day 17 they're kind of getting annoyed they're kind of getting tired of each other I mean it is what it is it's, it's just human nature to you know be annoyed or wake up on the wrong side of the bed sometimes but what did you think of that specific situation I think that moment can be interpreted both ways. I think viewers and maybe even contestants can view it as a sexist moment because they were not uh, at first willing to let Kelly even try. But then I think some people could also view it as, you know, pride. Mm. Some, you know, Jamal has pride, wants to make the fire, thinks, you know, he's the, you know, the survivalist thinks he's the one that's, you know, feeding people, keeping people alive kind of thing. So I definitely think for that specific moment, it can be viewed both ways. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think there was a little bit of both in there. Yeah, no one likes to get shown up. (laughs) Right. And especially, like, we've been harping from the beginning, making fire. You should be doing this before you come to the (laughs) island. You should be doing it in your backyard, on the driveway, anywhere you get a chance. Um, I agree. You could see it both ways. But again, I like to look, I like to give benefit of the doubt that it wasn't sexist, that I think, just like you said, they are grumpy, they are starving. He wanted to do the fire, and he didn't get it, and you know, should have given her a shot though. If it's not working, like get fed. No. Give, give someone else a try. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you both. I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at this, and then I just go back, you know, to once again what happened at Tribal and what we learned about Jamal is he's a teacher and he teaches at an all-girls school. So if he sees a girl struggling with something, I guess it's just his nature to kind of like, hey, let me take over and let me do it for you. But then at the same time. A teacher usually lets the person do it themselves to learn for themselves. And she wasn't struggling. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, I'm just trying to, like, give, once again, benefit of the doubt. At least with the edit, she started it really quick. That's true. So (laughs) That that is true. Um, I want to talk about Janet really quick because Janet is becoming one of those players, not even becoming, she has been one of those players that is just a, a, a front runner in this game. And, you know, she is on her doing her private interview um, to camera and they kind of bring up the whole all-girls alliance, once again, foreshadowing. And, you know, she thinks that it's the wrong thing to do. And, you know, she brings up Dean and she says she ha- how she wants to target Dean at the same time. In the same sentence, she says, all-girls all, all girls alliance is wrong, but then she wants to target Dean. I thought it was an oxymoron. What did you guys think? I, I don't think that has to be an oxymoron. If you want... If you, you think an all-girls alliance is not a good idea, you still have to target somebody. Mm. And if Dean is still the biggest the target, bottom. then it's still the biggest target. That's true. I just keep going back to the fact... It doesn't what, have to be. What but Missy said about... Foreshad- I mean, it's just... It's right. a lot. Yeah, yeah. I just keep going back to what Missy said to Lauren in the beginning of the episode when she says, not a single girl has gone home. So if Janet is sitting there going, well, we have plenty of girls to choose from, but let's choose another guy... But I don't want an all girls alliance. It's like that's kind of what it's turning into, Janet. I mean, that's I mean, it's all girls. It it's all girls left. It's unintentionally. Okay. I would say it's unintentionally. Be that is the unintentional result mm-hmm. because they are thinking of the, themselves as players mm-hmm. and they are thinking who could benefit my game and who is a threat to my game. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. So Janet went to going to Island of the Idols, Mike. I was gonna say. If that is true, right, let's take it what you, exactly you just said is true, then what they're doing is completely wrong because all these girls are the real threat. They're all like they the are. best oh, players. Of course. They are <laughs> the most the amazing board. players. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree with you guys. They, they are definitely stronger than the men. Sorry. They're way they better. They, they are. really are. They are. It's I mean, what, what, what do we have heard anything that Dan's doing in episodes, right? I mean, well, none we, of these we guys. Hear what well, he's besides doing, but... gropey, gropey, whatever <laughs> at night. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll, oh, we'll, we'll get into that. So Janet is going to the Island of the Idols. They've brought it back. She cries. Um, and she she cries when she meets Boston Rob and, and, and Sandra. No, it's before. Very, oh, oh, and she, she cries before, yes. She was yes. scared to go. And she she kind of like justifies that with, you know, it just puts a target um, on love- people's backs. But here's my thing. No one who has went to Island of the Idols has gone home except for Vince. I don't know what what you're trying to get out of that. All I want to say is that I am baffled. I am completely baffled mm. that Island of the Idols is still a oh. secret. I don't know how no one has... I, I, I'll pull a mic right now and say, <laughs> I don't know how no one has come back and talked with someone else who's gone to Island of the Idols and just be like, oh, you met Rob and Sandra? Yeah, what did they make you do? What was your challenge? How, did you use you mean your out idol? in the open? Because Elizabeth open. No. and Elaine did. Besides Elizabeth and Elaine. Okay. Like, just the majority, like, more and more people are going, more and more people are coming back, and they're lucky that they're all seen Survivor enough to the point where they're sticking to the same story of, like, oh, I go there, Mm -hmm. I play a game, and I lose. But like Janet said, like, going to Island of the Idols alone, just going to this island is putting a target on your back. So could you imagine if you came back and said, hey, I also met with one of the, two of the top players in the entire game, like... Not only did would they think that you had an idol, but you also got this invaluable advice from two of the, like I said, best players. So I can understand why it's still a secret. I'm kind of interested in seeing how the people who have gone interact with each other now. I th- That's what I was getting at. Right. Yeah. I think my gut is saying it's still more editing. I would mm-hmm. be amazed that Janet and Kelly didn't speak at some point because Janet played right into her story lockstep with what she said and basically backed her up. So like we talked about a couple times before, this is creating an instant bond between the two of them. It's an automatic alliance sharing in this secret until it is outed. Um, so yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen more of it too. Yeah, so her lesson on Island of the Idols is pretty much calculated risk. And we saw a lot of calculated risk, especially from Kelly. Uh, once again, foreshadowing, you guys. Foreshadowing is the word for Survivor Tonight. Um, it's a really, it gets better it, as, it we, get, talk like as we talk really about it. Literally, the we talk about it, it's good. crazy. Um, so pretty much the greater the, ro- the reward, bigger the risk. Uh, hers is pretty much safe. She would win safety without power, which would entail her being sent back to camp before the tribe even starts voting. So uh, pretty much saving her until... There are seven people left in the game. That's a powerful advantage. It is a powerful advantage. Now, Janet is pretty much, she sits there, she weighs the risks, and she, being a very smart player, thinks that it would put an even bigger target on her back if she would, if she were to play. Also, she feels like she would be letting down her alliance members if she wasn't at tribal to vote. Yeah. What did you guys think? I completely agree with what Sandra said about her, which was, you know, she really thought through to the end on how this decision would have an effect on her. She's the, you know, everyone else was really hungry to just get in there and to try these challenges and to see what they can win. You know, they were hungry for the game, but Janet was way more calm and level-headed in the sense that she really thought it through Mm -hmm. and decided, hey, this is not what's best for my game, and that's really awesome. I don't know what they left out because of editing, but if I'm her, I would have wanted to know what the challenge actually was. Hmm. So we saw a couple little things Rob had, and it looked almost like an abacus or Mm -hmm. something like that. So I would at least want to know. I think her reasoning, and I love Janet, her reasoning and her logic completely spot on and sound, but... 
The flip side of that is she also wouldn't have to use the advantage if she didn't feel threatened. So if you find out it's a game you think you can win, then there's no disadvantage in going for it. We know now in hindsight that her vote wouldn't have mattered anyway. So maybe it would have been a better risk if she had found out what the game was. But we say all the time, sorry, Veronica, that the moment you feel safe in Survivor is the moment that you need to worry. So I feel like if Janet is sitting here going, I think I'm at risk all the time, that that is only an advantage to her. If she if she feels she's at risk all the time, you would think she would want to play then, right? Well, I feel like that's just keeping on on her toes, and that's why she you know rationalized it in this way and whether she should play or not because she feels like she's at risk all the time. I mean, I was kind of taking not a complete left turn, but mm-hmm. uh, first to your point, Mike, I don't know if they're allowed to ask because I don't think we've seen anyone ask before they've gotten. The challenge. I mean, day one, who was it? Elizabeth was chastised for not asking more about what she could have gotten. So it seems to me, and obviously they don't know this. I understand they don't know this. I'm talking with a lot of knowledge, right, of what's going on. (laughs) They don't know this, but I think it's up in the open. And I have this weird sense that the production is telling Robin Sandra, here's what it is. Give them like what you want and play with it because they're kind of the experts. I think they it, it's totally open for them to ask. Yeah, mm. that's a good point. I also think I also thought they would have just given her the advantage because Rob was like, "Oh, that was such a well thought out. It's all about your risk." Just give her the advantage anyway, right? That would have been amazing. I mean, then at the same time, Jenna would have been like, I, "But I don't want it." So here's a good question: If you guys were on her tribe yeah. and she walked out. Would you look down on her or would you say, look, you got to do what you got to do to survive, to stay in the game? It's, you know, we've already seen two people go home with idols in their Mm -hmm. pockets. Even if you make it three more days, we know day to day alliances change. Everything flips on its head. Isn't it? Is it just worth it to stay for sure? Three more days? I mean, based off of tribal councils, I I think that it was a smart move for her to actually be a tribal because not only do you want to be a tribal for everything that is being said because obviously they can come back and obviously leave something out Mm -hmm. but she made a really good point when she said I'm a a useful vote and like you said in this this specific tribal yeah her vote could have it didn't really matter but what if it did you know what I mean what if she was a deciding factor what if she what if her alliance was really you know depending on her for her vote so I thought that she had the right way of thinking about it would i have been that smart truthfully probably not i personally would have played let me let me add this to you before you make your final decision mm-hmm. on my quandary the power was good up to seven people left that's enough that's so why even so if you just are like okay let me stick with my tribe when you get to seven i'm using it that's like have up. fun guys like i'm staying another three days i think i think yeah. especially yeah. if as you say she thinks she's always in trouble. Yeah. That's There's, another reason why I would have played Veronica. Another three days is very powerful because things will always change. Exactly. Yeah. Like we said in the beginning of the episode, Survivor, just unpredictable. So, yeah. So she goes back to camp. I thought you said Survivor, foreshadowing. For Survivor, for Survivor that's the word of the episode you guys <laughs> oh is foreshadowing, but it is a very unpredictable game. This Thank episode you, was not titled correctly. <laughs> it really wasn't. I was I mean, born last night. That one random thing that Rob said, like, no, like, no, 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 no. Foreshadow. <laughs> in, in, my, in my foreshadow or something. I don't know. Mike, Veronica, and Timothy just renaming Survivor Man, episodes. We can Let's fix do this. It. Yeah, we'll fix Let's it. Let's just do it. Uh, so Kelly... Uh, is nervous once Janet comes back from Island of the Idol. She wants to know, you know, is, is she going to be the same? Pretty much what you were talking about, 
earlier, Veronica, um, about how this has to stay, to stay a secret. Um, and if it doesn't stay a secret, it pretty much just blows up Kelly's game because she lied. And if she, it shows that she lies and it shows that she's untrustworthy. And all it's, it's like a snowball effect. Um, but Janet pretty much says, you know, it pretty much lines up with what Kelly had said. And Janet pretty much joins the secret club that they're talking about. It's pretty much what we were talking about earlier about people who have gone to Island of the Idols and then have come back. Right. And now they pretty much have are privy to this information that nobody else is. Because like they said in the on-camera interviews, nobody else actually knows what Island of the Idols is until you go to mm-hmm. Island of the Idols. Are you guys excited to see more and more people go to Island of the Idols and then come back and talk to each other? I mean, that's kind of what I thought was going to happen. Right, yeah. (laughs) I thought people were going to come back and, you know, try and, like Mike was saying, you know, make alliances, Mm -hmm. try and use that to their advantage. And I'm telling you, I am shocked that they're all coming back, kind of coming up with a similar enough story that people who haven't gone to Island of the Idols don't question it. That's the more remarkable part, is that people are coming back with enough of a similar story. But Survivor has also done this gimmick enough times that people can believe it yeah well the one thing we've had in previous seasons is jeff has explained way more in depth of what's going on mm-hmm. right edge of extinction blah 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 and they're gonna come back oh yeah so he's theoretically from what we've seen said nothing to everybody else it's amazing nobody is at they must be asking up and down what actually happened in private stuff we just don't get to see it i want to know as a viewer too because jeff no one's explained it to us where is this all going? Mm-hmm. Is it done when they merge? Are they going to have some big Robin Sandra reveal? I, in general, don't like this gimmick at all. Is yeah. it going to become the reward uh, of the reward chat? Like part of the reward and reward challenges? You funny, get valuable funny information. Funny you say that. Yeah, funny you once say that. Once the merge happens, you mean? Oh, yeah. I was going to yeah. Sorry. Yeah, like once the merge happens, part of your reward is getting knowledge from Sandra and Rob. Like, yeah. will that be revealed then? Yeah. But <laughs> to me, it's ultra gimmicky. They're not actually giving any survivor knowledge that we don't give here every week on the after show. Right? It's like, there's there's no brainstorms like, you gotta pay attention. You gotta make alliances. You gotta listen to people. It's, there's nothing crazy, right? They can maybe win a little advantage, but there's more fun ways to do that. It just seems really gimmicky to get people to tune in to see Rob and Sandra for 10 seconds. I'd rather see them as players, as like yeah. captains of either tribe or something like that. I just feel like it's another kind of wasted gimmick or, or something they're doing because production wanted to build a hundred foot tall Rob yeah. statue on the island. I don't know. It's I mean, a little disappointing to, to me. Back. I guess right. so, yeah. But I think you could do something cooler. No, I definitely see your point, Mike. But I I am on board with Island of the Idols so far. And like you said, Veronica, I'm excited to see what they do with this. I mean, it might be a little gimmicky right now, but maybe they have a bigger plan for it once the merge happens and maybe later on in the season. I'll perfectly admit that it's maybe not the strongest gimmick Mm -hmm. that we've seen in any of Survivor seasons, but I think for how it is being played right now, I think it's fine. Let's talk about Vokai really quick. Now, this is before Tribal Council, before Vokai wins. Lauren and Tommy think that it's important to secure their positions, obviously, in their tribe. Yeah. So they pretty much throw Dan under the bus. Um, You know, we've already seen that he's, like, a little gropey. We see that he's not the most favorite gentleman on the Vokai tribe. Um, But Tommy and Lauren, they pretty much lay the foundation really quick about how, you know, Dan's a flip-flopper and how, you know, everybody on the tribe should be aware that Dan is trying to get them out, that specific person. It's funny because they're doing exactly what they should be doing, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, trying to 
work with the people who have the numbers to try and secure their spot and get the target off their backs. But it's funny because the other side knows how obvious that it is. Yes. Yeah, it's very overt. Just uh, as well aptly put, just Sheldon in the chat, I should be in the villa on the next Island of the Idols to dish <laughs> no. out some real tips. I also, on a, on a more serious <laughs> note, <laughs> hey guys, You're like who's that? Uh, real quick, I did want to mention the chat. It was a long time ago in the beginning of the episode. I don't remember who said it, but really astute. One, no reward challenge because Island of the Idols little challenge took its place, that kind of segment. And also, uh, a lot of really good um, analysis that there probably was a reward challenge and they stripped it out for this longer tribal council at That's the a end. It's a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. So just wanted to shout that out. No, thank you for that. Thank yeah. you everybody in the chat, especially just Sheldon, but please don't make his head any bigger, you guys. Come on. If it was <laughs> a just, sponsored reward, I'm going to be so sad. It's just yeah. me meditating in a bamboo. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, welcome, Grasshopper. <laughs> Let me lay some knowledge on you about this game. <laughs> so before we get into uh, the immunity challenge, sick. I'm going to shoot it over to Mike for some quick words. Oh, yes. <laughs> As I'm up in the bamboo hut dishing out my knowledge, welcome back, Tim. Welcome back to all of you viewers. We love you guys. You know you are our extended panel here with us every single week, but we do not just do Survivor on AfterBuzz. You know, we cover after shows for all the different genres, all the categories, everything you guys watch. You are on, what is the horror creepy show you're on right before this? That would be Castle Rock. Castle Ooh. Rock. Timmy, you doing any other shows I'm right now? I'm doing The Walking Dead on Sunday nights, The Walking Dead on Sunday nights right there. I'm just on Survivor because it's the best show right now. But, <laughs> guys, you know, every show that you guys watch, we got an after show. So, if you are watching us on YouTube, go ahead and give us a big subscription and a thumbs up. Subscribe to all the AfterBuzz channels you watch. If you're listening to us on iTunes, what is that? Continue. Oh, if you're... <laughs> <laughs> Veronica's messing with me. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any of your other podcasting services, give us a big five-star review. Leave us some comments and let you guys know. We absolutely love you. Thank you so much for making AfterBuzz TV the ESPN of TV Talk. Thank you, Mike. Thank we you, we Mike. do this show for you guys. I mean, I know I I've just, just had, what was that? a few I'll episodes, but we are very excited to be back. We are very excited to talk about this episode. Mike, do you have any shout-outs in the chat? Of course. Get Michael it together, B. you two. What I is happening? I don't know, Veronica. B-squared is messing me up. Michael B, Eric Gull, and Amy. Why is he got to play me? Leary, because Tim isn't going like this on the side. <laughs> Joseph Boza, Sheena, Jeremy, all you guys in the chat. We see you guys. Thank you so much. You guys, we're having a good time here on the Survivor oh, yeah. After Show. We hope you guys are having a good time as well. Best Survivor episode of the season. Best After Show of the season. Oh, best that's how it works. That's how it Thank works. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, so let's talk about this immunity challenge, you guys. So... Pretty much they have the race to shoot these coconuts into baskets. The basket becomes heavy, drops down, giving them a whole bunch of puzzle pieces. Huge puzzle that they have to solve. Oh. Now, this was a very, very close. Great I, challenge. Just one, another reason what made this episode so, like, enthralling is because, you know, this challenge was literally by seconds. I'll be perfectly honest. I Please be. No, I'll be very honest. <laughs> I was She's hoping, lied the rest of the episode. I was hoping that Lyra would pull this one out. Mm. Granted, they had an amazing... Amazing tribal council, and we saw amazing gameplay. So I'm not necessarily upset about it in the end. But in the moment, I was really hoping Vokai would go to back to tribal council mm -hmm. because I think with how the odds are right now, it would have been very interesting to kind of see who would have went home. Yeah, like would it have been Aaron who they were trying to maybe, or would it have been trying to get out, or would it have been Dan? Would it have been one the one of the three who's on the bottom? 
I would have been interested interested to see where that would have gone. But then all this foreshadowing would have been for nothing. I was all literally going to say the survivor gods would not yeah, have let that like, happen nah. because I couldn't imagine you know Lyra winning this challenge and yeah. not and not having you know Vokai sorry. It, Vokai winning the challenge. Sorry. You know what I mean. Lyra winning the challenge and then Vokai going to tribal and not having this amazing tribal that we just saw. Like, yeah. I did want... I'm on, on the same page as you, Veronica. I did want Lyra to pull it out. We all root for an underdog here at Survivor. I mean, it's just you, it's just a natural instinct for us to root for the underdogs. And they haven't won a challenge in a very long time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I do feel for them. But at the same time, Vokai pulled it out. Yep. I mean... To be fair, yes. they had almost won it and messed up their pieces. So you kind of feel like, oh, it's such a shame when they get everything assembled yeah. and they mess one thing up. So, but yeah, I love the nail biter. Quick note from me for the for the challenge: uh, Karishma was ordering people around and actually stepping up and doing something. Fair play. To and it. not fair only play. was she just not just standing there barking out orders like Lauren was doing on the the Vokai tribe, but she was also moving pieces and trying to help as well. So. I mean, I felt like Karishma was pretty much an integral part of why they almost won. Yeah. Okay, I, so, so gain some points. Gain some points. points you right, know, just enough. wanted to shout her out. I think, you know, we saw a lot of Karishma in the beginning of the season. Uh, a lot of different opinions. A lot mm-hmm. of people being like, saying she is not helpful. But I think now that she's in the game, and I think she'll remain in the game for a very long time. I like seeing that she is taking more initiative and not letting it bother her if she's saying, oh, people don't want to work with me. I like that she's taking initiative. Yes. Since she is still in the game, that's kind of what she should be doing. Agreed. I mean, the CBS editors have gotten my confidence back with this episode. <laughs> so have they been foreshadowing like a charisma comeback story of the ages from episode one? I'm for it. Let's go. I'm for it. She's on I've my fantasy it. draft. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason. That's literally the only reason. <laughs> no prize fantasy draft. So as soon as uh, Lyra loses the immunity challenge, we see Kelly uh, just giving her on-camera interview, and she says, you know, I have this idol, but I don't want it to go to waste. Once again, Survivor, foreshadowing. Man. Um, Then back um, at the Lyra camp, we have obviously a whole bunch of conversations happening. You know, we've got Jamal and Jack. They're planning on, you know, getting rid of Dean unanimously. Yeah. uh, Which... The word unanimously doesn't really come up in Survivor a lot. Usually it's split the vote because you don't know, especially with a season called Island of the Idols, if somebody actually has an idol. Yeah, and there was no talk about splitting votes. Which was weird to me. Which, like, you know, it would make a lot of sense considering, oh, Dean is on the bottom. You could assume he would be looking for an idol, but there was no talk of splitting idols. And they don't know of Dean's connection with Kelly. Yeah. They kept that secret, the (laughs) ex-girlfriend. Which is good. Yeah, for sure. definitely need to keep it. You have to. Yeah, definitely good. But I also, once they started throwing out Dean's name, I knew from the beginning that Kelly was probably not going to want to vote Dean because of that connection. Sure. Because she thinks she can work with him. Yes, agreed. But Jamal and Jack tell Dean that it's going to be Nora. And Dean pretty much believes them. Like, he's like actually surprised when Kelly tells him otherwise, which we'll get to in a second. But he actually believes Jack and Jamal. Were you guys surprised by that? And why do you think Dean just wholeheartedly believed them? I think he believes the story enough because, well... Because Nora's crazy? <laughs> because because Nora, yeah, because to them, Nora irritates them. Yes. You know, she would be an easy vote just because of just, you know, personality. I think it was easy for Dean to believe because he sees how Nora gets under everyone's skin. Yeah. Her name's been thrown out all season, so it's not improbable. You sure? That's very true. And I don't mean to call Nora crazy. She's not crazy. She's unpredictable. And when you have an unpredictable player... Extremely outspoken. And outspoken, she's just 
it's just too many things are up in the air with yeah. her, so I can see why they'd be like, well, let's sure. get on Nora. That, that makes more sense. So once Kelly actually tells Dean that the vote is actually him, he's mind-blown, he's flabbergasted, and then she tells him that she has an idol and she wants to give it to him. Mm-hmm. Now, I, to be fair and honest, I didn't know exactly the... I didn't under fully comprehend the genius behind Kelly in this exact moment. Oh, Not yeah. until the whole episode was done. But she gives him the idol because she doesn't want to use it for him at Tribal. Did you guys fully understand what was going on oh, at yeah. that point? Oh, yeah. Or was I, I just slow on the uptake? No, you might have been just slow. <laughs> I'm so. You're right. I totally understand that she didn't want to come across as a threat in any way, which is why she flat out gave it to him so he could play it for himself and everyone else could be like, oh, Dean somehow found an idol. I was, and we'll get into this during the tribal, mm-hmm. but that's why I was also concerned if she voted for Dean or if she was the other vote for Jack because that could have also come back to her right. in the butt. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I caught it. I didn't catch... I didn't think that she was going to not vote as well right. and just have Dean and Nora do the dirty <laughs> right. work is genius. Just genius. So genius. Just genius. Now let's talk about this fiery tribal council, yeah. you guys. I mean, one, once again, one of the best tribal councils I've ever seen, um, despite, you know, Sandra and Rob just up there in their little hut watching. Um, <laughs> Sandra which, hurt her hand, which, too, by the way. I saw that, yeah. yeah. What? Um, which was good for them, too, because I would have paid to have been in that box just oh watching this unfold because we only see a smidgen of what actually yes. was said. And if that's what they edited it down to, I can't imagine what was said yeah. overall. So it starts off pretty, pretty nice, a little tame. Nora calls out Dean for pretty much not having a connection with him. But then she turns it on Jamal and says, you know, I might hate, which I thought was a very strong word. Well, no, he did. That's not, I, my neck would have broke this tribal council. Like, what are you doing? Like, why is everybody talking so much? Because mm. Dean said, maybe I don't look at you, but I'm not throwing out people's names like you are with Jamal. Right. So that's like, whoa. Right. And then she goes and she's like, yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. I hate you, but I have feelings towards you. What? I mean, I kind of, in the Nora mindset, I can kind of see what she was saying. Sure. You know, I we don't sometimes get along with our closest family members or our closest friends. And that's mm. kind of what she was getting to. And further speaking on Nora, Jack really saved her in this tribal because Jack pretty much came to her defense and said, I also get what Nora's saying. And, you know, kind of uh, e- like lessen the blow of what she was actually saying. Which because I thought- what she said, it was a little harsh. I- what she said was completely harsh. I get the sentiment. How she said it, I think, was wrong. You could tell it kind of cut Jamal some. And then I thought it was really risky for Jack to say that because Jack's really aligned with Jamal. And mm-hmm. to say, like, hey, that person attacking you, I get what she says. Like, ah, I yeah. don't know about that, too. So, again, I was like, what are you saying? Like, everybody shut up. <laughs> I think Stop when it comes, talking. I think when it comes to Jack, it was less about, in that moment, keeping his two-person alliance strong and more about keeping everyone on the same page about the vote. Yes. Sure. In the tribal, collectively, those were the easy talking points. Then Jamal kind of opens up this entire conversation when he calls out an all-girl alliance, an all-women's alliance. And, you know, he says he works for an all-girl school. That's when we get that little tidbit that he's a teacher. And he says, you know, women don't understand the collective power that they have until they get together. Which, I thought that was a fair statement. And then Kelly pretty much triggered by this entire conversation, calls out this fear of a woman's alliance. Now, Veronica, I want to talk to you first. Mm -hmm. Because as a woman, you can talk to this. Uh How did you feel about everything that Kelly said? I think Kelly makes up a very valid point. I think 
you know, in, it, this is something that has always been around on Survivor. Mm -hmm. People have always thrown out the idea of all-female alliances. Uh, there have been times where obviously all-female alliances don't work. But I think everything that Kelly said was very fair because she does bring up the point of, like, no one's fearful, fearful of all men's alliances or, you know, kind of men's alliances aren't being, the, being treated the same way that the women's alliances are being treated. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to a strict numbers game... Yes, the girl. there were four women and three men. So when it comes to numbers, that's probably what Jamal was looking at. Mm -hmm. But I, like I said, I think all of the women brought up really very well-spoken points about how, yes, there are men and women in Survivor. Yes, there have been instances in the past where there <clears> have <throat> been uh, alliances try, trying to focus on one gender, but at the end of the day, it is a game, a social experiment involving many humans with many different human personalities and interactions. And we do, in the end of the game, see people working with many different people who maybe they would not have be talking with or you know friends with mm -hmm. in everyday life. Yeah. Just like Kelly and Janet being very well spoken, that was very well said. Very, Monica. they were all very well <laughs> that spoken. Very well, that was oh, very well you. said. There you go, Mike. Your thoughts? So, okay, I think no, not I think. I know I agree with what she said. Mm -hmm. An all girls alliance, just for that simple fact, doesn't really make a lot of sense because there's people of both genders that can help out your tribe or your alliance or what have you. Now. What Jamal said, however, is also true because even though what Kelly's saying is true, as history has shown us over many seasons, including this one, the women have overtly talked about doing an all-girl alliance. Yes. So while what Kelly is saying is right, it shouldn't be, it unfortunately does happen time and time and time again. I think it's a simple matter of people in general, social experiment like you said, mm -hmm. being a tribal kind of mentality just in general, like deep in our DNA, I think people are tribal. So when you're mixed up on an island like this, you're gonna go and try to connect with someone no matter what, on anything. And a really easy base level is, well, I'm a woman, you're a woman, let's all get the women together. Just like you've seen people, well, I'm from Missouri and you're from Missouri, or, or I went to school where you did, okay, let's try to get together. So it's a kind of a base way to connect with somebody else and form that some kind of bond. So. For unfortunate or fortunate, however one you look at it, they're both right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just thought it was a little unfair for Jamal to call out this all girls alliance when literally that earlier that day with the conversation between him, Jack, and Dean, when they were telling him, "Hey, it's Nora," even though it was a lie, he lit Jack literally go or Jamal and Jack literally said, "It's a guy thing," pretty much establishing that this yeah. is just a guy thing. So like. If you guys can make a three-guy alliance, which didn't really make sense, but and that's not what they were doing. It was still a lie. But to use that tactic and say, hey, this is a guy thing. But do you think when they were saying that, it was because they were trying to say, look, it's all the four girls. They're gonna, they're coming after us. Possibly. Possibly. That's but it's a good been, point. It's been the other way around, too, in different seasons. It's just, mm -hmm. it's such an overtly obvious thing to say yeah. or I, to see. Yeah. I think the good thing about this tribal council is that it does raise this question and I think it will uh, travel over to other seasons of how people choose to align themselves. Mm -hmm. But uh, to Mike's point, yeah, obviously Survivor history has shown us that people sometimes do want to try and form specific gender alliances. But as I had mentioned, I think this conversation will, you know, 
make people think differently. Yeah, Survivor has been around for so many seasons, you guys, and they have tackled so many issues, whether it be social issues or political issues. I mean, this Tribal Tonight was just one of the many issues that they've covered, and Jeff said it right. He said there are it's a very important topic for young girls, 9, 10, 11 years old, who are watching this show and would think that Survivor is more of a guy's game. It's like a, more of a man's game. The best player is a woman. And the best player is a woman. That's a good point. And I, no doubt. I mean, we we say it season after season. You know, it's just nice to see when girls and when women, you know, pull out ahead of the ranks. It's it's kind of boring when we see just all the guys. You know what I mean? I like an even balance personally. Sure. Um, but I mean, it's nice to see this season that there are so many strong female individuals playing this game. And I'm glad they addressed it. I think this might be, I don't know. I don't want to make a subjective judgment call. Oh, we got to wrap soon and we don't have time for calls. Do we have time for one call? Um, uh, I don't know because you got some really fun news. So I, I, I'm just going to put it out there. I think that this might be the strongest group of women to ever play a season. I agree with you guys. So pretty much Dean uses his idol for himself. Jack is voted out. Nora and Dean were the ones who voted for Jack. Kelly, once again, flying under the radar. Brilliant move. Brilliant. Brilliant. So Jamal. happy to see that she voted for Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Jamal wasted his idol on, on Nora. Nora, after she said yes. all that, amazing. And, yep. and that's almost a double slap in the face him because, again, Jack is his, just seemed to be his closest alliance yeah. member and he's the one who goes home. But I thought, what an amazing move for him in the face of all that for Jamal to give her the idol to really be like, look, <laughs> yeah. we are an alliance and yeah. like we are a group together. I was really impressed. I was impressed too. It worked out badly, but... I mean, it was a great tribal. It was a great tribal, you guys. I'm sorry that we took so much time talking about that tribal. We're not probably going to get to calls, you guys. But we do have our tribal segment coming up right now, you guys. This is our MVP segment. We're going to read some names very quickly. First vote. (laughs) Mike votes for Kelly. (laughs) Veronica wrote that. Tim could do all of this, like, ESP style. Uh... Somebody voted for Kelly. What? And somebody voted for Kelly. Amazing. So you wow. decision That's on Kelly. That's amazing. Not it was surprising. That I is amazing. She deserved it. This episode, she was definitely one to watch. Thousand percent. Yes. Uh, let's get into some news and gossip very quickly, you guys. Super quick. After Buzz Yes. So there are a couple of things. Uh, for sake of time, I'm going to go through them kind of quickly, but we can continue the chat in the comments. So drop your comments and questions below after the show. Uh, unfortunately, there was some tragic news mm-hmm. this week in Survivor history. Uh, Rudy passed away at the age of 91. He was the OG Survivor, y'all, from Survivor Borneo and the oldest to play the game, actually. And it was really sweet. He got a lot of sweet messages on Twitter. Jeff Probst you know, had a very sweet message. Boston, Rob, Malcolm, and a few other, I saw a few others, all Survivor contestants delivering sweet messages of how they met Rudy and just talking about his gameplay and how he was such a, you know, a big part of establishing the series. Of course, season one, and I believe, if I am not incorrect, the oldest active Navy SEAL ever. Wow. He was part of the original group, I believe, called the Frogmen before the SEALs were even established. Wow. So I believe he, when he retired, he was the oldest active, I think, ever, the longest mm-hmm. in. That's great. Thank you guys for mentioning that. R.I.P. Rudy. 
Uh, in, in other news, it was Jeff Probst's birthday on Monday, y'all. A little y'all. bit lighter. Happier news. Happier news. A little happier bit news. Yeah, happy sorry. birthday, Jeff. I should have transitioned that better. On happier <laughs> news, it was Jeff Probst's birthday on Monday. And some other real quick news, which we can get talking about this, like I said, in the comments, but on an exit interview with Rob Sestrino, uh, Jason, who was voted out last week, was actually talking about how the plan going into Tribal was to get rid of Aaron, which completely switches things up, yeah. and we don't have time to really go into it. So mm. please, if you're curious about that, you can you know check out the podcast or you can leave your comments and we'll be discussing it too because that yeah. changes so yeah. much it does it really does thank you for that news and gossip we're not gonna have time to get predictions unfortunately you guys the merch is happening next week so we will save our predictions for next week um that was our review of season uh, 39 episode 6 um I was born at night, but not last night. I'm going to shoot it over to Veronica and Mike. Tell them where our fans can find you guys. Hey, everyone. You can find me, Veronica Valencia, on Twitter and Instagram at it's me, Veronica underscore V. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out in the chat. Nathan, Ryan, Michael, Sheena, Eric, Ryan, Chels, Nathan, Frafa, Just Sheldon. You guys rock. My name is Mike Feeling. You can find me everywhere at I am Timothy Mike. Uh, you are not I am Timothy Mike. I am at I am Timothy Mike, but thank you for plugging wide in. You can find me or Mike at Mike Feeling. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners. 